Hello, viewers. Uh, I'd like to welcome both you and uh, our guest for the evening. That's uh, George Pundiparambil, who is an author and a translator who has been living in Freiburg, Germany for a number of years. But he also spends time every year in Kerala. Ernakulam is, or that is Cochin, is his hometown. And he spends you know a couple of months here every year. So, George, thank you very much for agreeing to be on this uh, conversation today. And in particular, Happy New Year to you. Today is uh, the 17th of August, which is the first of Chingam or Simha in Malayalam, Malayalam year 1199. And uh, it's, it's interesting that 100 years ago, we had huge floods. You know, old timers still, you know, talk about the floods of 1099. But uh, yeah. yeah, this year we've had very little rain, which is kind of, uh, I guess, a virodha pasam, right? It's a, a little <laughs> bit of a, a contradiction in terms. But anyway, glad to be able to catch up with you. You're, you're here for uh, another couple of weeks and then you're heading back to Germany, right? Yeah. Yes, that is right. And uh, happy New Year to you as well. And uh, it's always been a pleasure to chat Thanks. with you. And it's been a long time now. Thank you. And yeah, we've we've been uh, in touch for I would say more than a decade, right? Uh, we've been talking about uh, Indic issues for quite a long time. But yes, yes, certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's more than ten years actually. It's been yeah. uh, with these Indic journalists. You remember that, right? Right. We had this email group, and uh, that is how <laughs> it all started for me as well. Right, right, right. And then, you know, long ago we met in person at one of those uh, thinkers' meets or something. So that's good. So, yeah, in that night club. Right. So you better be in that time. Yeah. Right, right. Anyway, good. So, uh, without further ado, let me just jump into a couple of things that I thought might be interesting to our uh, viewers. The first is, so a couple of days ago, um, August 15, to be precise, on India's Independence Day, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi stood up and made a bold prediction, which was that India, which is now the fifth largest economy in the world, said he, will soon be the third largest economy, which means India will overtake first Germany and then Japan, and then be just uh, behind the uh, Americans and the Chinese. Now, this is something that uh, people in India feel obviously good about. But uh, what do you think, and I know you weren't there at the time, but what do you think the general reaction in Germany would be to India's ambitions of being a superpower? And uh, do you think that's a positive, or, or what is your opinion on the view from that side? Yeah, I mean, uh... Since I wasn't there, I didn't hear anything. Uh, actually, I just looked for some news, you know, in the, in the last 24 hours. I was just going through these German newspapers and all that, and I didn't find any news relating to this particular statement okay. by okay. Modi. But I'm sure they would have touched upon it, at, you know. But usually I have heard this, as especially when, uh, you, you know, they, I had um, heard them talk about India's economic rise and all that. And, right. But they were doing it, they were telling it in a very objective way. I okay. mean, they did not make any comments on it. Okay. I didn't hear 
ಹಾಕಿ ಬಟ್ ದೇ ಮೈಕ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಡನ್ ಇಟ್ ದೇ ಯೂಶಲಿ ದೇ ಡೂ ಇಟ್ ಥ್ರೂ ದೀಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ದೇ ಕಾಲ್ ಕ್ಯಾಬರ್ ಇಟ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಅಪ್ ಕಾಮೇಡಿಯನ್ಸ್ but right. otherwise i think um, there might be people especially with these uh, conservative people who might uh, feel that you know oh germans are going down that feeling is always there so probably the rise of india they would actually compare it to with the fall of germany mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. actually it's uh, very hard times for the germans first of all because uh, i mean whatever is happening in the united states in india because you have this discrepancy between what you read and uh, listen in the yeah. mainstream news right. and and uh, you know and what is really going on which you understand through the social media and these you know we have these uh, sources through which we know what is going right. on really so this is extreme in germany i mean uh, for example in the united states you have a lot of people very respectable people who voice the other opinion and yeah. even if they are not they don't have space in the mainstream media but still they make space right. in, in youtube and things like that and they are uh, being watched very widely you know and right but in germany you right. rarely find this and uh, i think it has to do with a certain kind of depression that they are going through they're kind of in a denial mood uh, i mean that uh-huh. is my example i mean from experience from my friends and uh, whenever uh-huh. i i whenever i ask they're not they don't they cannot make a statement uh, because they don't know what to make how to make it because they're really confused mm. that i'm talking about normal people mm-hmm. but at the same time you know this uh, ukraine they promised a lot of things mm-hmm. in the beginning as you know all of them did right but uh, in giving it was all <laughs> very very slow mm-hmm. they were they, they started giving of course but uh, as we know it wasn't enough mm-hmm. and uh, now the latest thing they are doing this lind uh, that is the finance minister mm-hmm. he went to uh, ukraine keep for the first time mm-hmm. after he, and uh, this was last week and mm-hmm. then he promised some more money and uh, okay. some more weapon okay. which they usually did but they didn't deliver okay they delivered a few things but they did not deliver the whole thing okay. and also they have a lot of damage these things have come back and damaged this mm-hmm. leopard uh, these tanks and whatever they had given these armored weaponry mm-hmm. which they provided mm-hmm. not in large numbers but uh, for this um, uh, you know well uh, you know what uh, they, they had announced this counter offensive in right. which they used but uh, russia russians uh, i mean from whatever news we get uh, they were mostly most of them were damaged and right. uh, you know this problem right and now they are starting the the i mean what i have read is that they have started a kind of workshop yeah somewhere in germany where they bring these old things and repairing and giving back, back to them okay okay yeah and in huh. poland also they have started a facility to repair these old things okay okay not only old things i mean that is I mean, what they are doing yeah. actually in in practical terms okay but um, i think they don't um, they, they they say they will give but they are not delivering none of them are delivering what they are 
talking about mm -hmm. because this is the same I, I i don't know whether this is all planned <laughs> just like in the media you read something and there is this discrepancy but this is what they are all doing mm -hmm. they talk one thing and do a different thing let's uh, come back to that in a minute but i was struck by something you said that the germans are depressed confused is that uh, anything to do with the yes. economy uh, or why are they uh, in bad shape because this is this is sort of news to us here because we don't hear that much about uh, trouble in, in germany and we kind of think that all of europe is doing okay except of course they have an energy crunch and inflation is high uh, but i also read here and there that uh, germany is being hollowed out by the chinese you know in terms of uh, uh, deindustrialization and uh, the chinese uh, capturing intellectual property and also it's a it's a it's a situation where the germans cannot really extract themselves from the chinese or something along those lines so putting all those together all those things together can you expand on why you think the germans are depressed at this time there were, the main thing is the economic scenario there okay. it is uh, they have not made any sos signal as such about that mm. but they are borrowing a lot of money to you know to 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 flood the into the they have to put into the economy mm. so that you know things function otherwise people will go jobless many have gone already jobless and uh, the general business have come down okay. they like never before Oh. and this is happening to other uh, you know the other countries as well yeah. but maybe not in such terms as germans because the germans were the guys who had the most to lose so they lose the most they comparatively okay they, yeah. so, so they think this will blow over at some yeah. point that is why that is what i think uh, the the government the, the the people in power think yeah but um, actually this confusion it is pervading everywhere there's a kind of in denial okay because if you in the surface you get the impression that everything is going on like before normal <laughs> yeah and that they are with the ukraine Hmm. because uh, they, you know why they are talking always repeating we are with ukraine we are with the ukraine you know there is something wrong <laughs> because why they repeat it every time hmm. they could just give money and all that and just go on but they keep on promising this hmm. 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 and I, i don't know why they have to voice this i don't know really why they are doing it huh. Huh. Um, we can only guess because right. they just want to show that uh, they have a unity you know with the nato and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but under the surface everything is boiling down that uh, nobody is satisfied with the what the biden administration mm. has been doing and is mm. still doing because right. they thought that there would be some kind of uh, resolution to this right they thought uh, you know first of course what from what the, the biden administration had put out and what the nato had put out it was would the russians would be vanquished in a you know in a, a week in, in months or something like that yeah. but uh, the what has happened is the opposite yes yes yeah so um, and there has been some other news that these ukrainians are um, in, you know there are more ukrainians now coming into europe to germany right. as well right right um, young men there uh, you know who are deserting there are lot of oh. people are there are running away the young men are running away and their uh, families are also 
supporting them to go run away because they are being slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this Zelensky and uh, this gang who have been uh, making money <laughs> with mm. this war. I mean, right. because they are the caretakers uh, who have been doing this. They are the ones who are spreading this desperation. And uh, because we've seen in this NATO meeting that uh, how he was isolated and uh, mm. how he was telling you know. mm. So on the surface, um, I think why they are doing all this is just to show, you know, everybody else that everything is going on like this. But I don't know how long they can put up this show. Facade. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because huh. from every news that you get, they yeah. are really in trouble. I mean, the whole lot. Right, right. Because see, it, it, I thought it's kind of ironic that the Germans of all people should know what the Russians are capable of, right? Remember the siege of Stalingrad and so forth. The Russians usually will uh, retreat in the face of superior uh, enemy firepower, but then they stand their ground and they're resolute and they come back. And that's what happened not only to uh, the, the the Nazi uh, invasion, but it happened before that to Napoleon, right? Napoleon's army was massacred by the Russians. And so, so I, you are, of course, we have a counterexample of Afghanistan where the Russians, you know, really did hurt. But uh, I, I have, you know, maybe a little bit like you, I also have the feeling that things are not going according to the NATO script of a, a quick victory. And in fact, I'm not even sure there's ever going to be a victory. I think it's better for all parties concerned to sit down and, uh, you know, work towards a ceasefire and a negotiated settlement to this, which may leave Ukraine somewhat bereft of certain territories. But hey, that's, uh, that's a reality. And I don't think uh, much can be done about it because Ukraine, at the end of the day, is a pretty small country. And as you said, you know, their young men are being conscripted on the streets. They're just being grabbed on the streets and pushed into the army. And uh, a lot of people have anyway become refugees in other parts of the of the, of the European mainland. But um, I, see, when we had a brief conversation about this, you know, you had mentioned that on the one hand, this seems like some kind of, uh, you know, American deep state uh, vendetta or maybe a miscalculation that has driven this, you know, because uh, uh, the NATO expansion was something that they promised wouldn't happen, but it has happened. And uh, now Russia is fearful that it's right on its border. So that's on the one hand. And then you mentioned one other thing that I thought was particularly interesting, you, which I have not seen too many commentators uh, speak about, which is that there is a religious angle to it, right? Would you, yes. you, know, would you please expand on that a little bit? Yes, I will do that. Um, to start with, you know, when we, the Samuel L. Huntington, if yes. you remember, that we yeah. had mentioned that in the future, the wars will be about civilization and, uh, right. you know, these fault lines he had mentioned and he right. had listed a few, like, right. uh, you know, it is this Islamic against the Christian mm-hmm. and uh, the confusion, the, these right. kind of things. And among them, they had said about, because before Islam came, then there had already been some fault line between the Orthodox Church, that is the Eastern Church, and the Western Church. Right, right. So these deep, um, these undercurrents are still there. Right. I mean, it was very really much evident in the start of the war 
when they started attacking each other's churches and <clears throat> in Ukraine itself. Huh. Uh, because they're in Ukraine, uh, the most of the people who, uh, the Christians, I mean, they're all Christians, but they belong to these mm -hmm. orthodox streams and they were in different streams there were and uh, the majority were with the Russian Orthodox Church mm -hmm. with the headquarters in Moscow. Right. So it was this um, Moscow Patriarchate, which were, you know, um, just uh, supervising all these churches right. till uh, 210, I mean 2010, okay. when there they started an umbrella Orthodox thing just came up and all these Ukrainian uh, Orthodox churches were drawn into that. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, I've read so there were some rumors that it was the CIA who were behind it who actually you know engineered the coup and okay. brought in this he and this gang and all that yeah. so simultaneously they were working on this religious thing also okay so there, there is you, you have to see this in the you have these protests and Catholic and all that mm. but on the surface, there is another stream, these Western stream and the Eastern stream, mm -hmm. in the sense even the Protestants belong to this Western stream, because right. what do they protest? They are protesting the Western, this Roman Catholic Church. Right. So, but the Russian Orthodoxy and the Eastern Orthodoxy is completely different. Mm -hmm. so what happened was that the, after 2010, mm -hmm. most of these Ukrainians who belong to this Moscow Patriarchate, they all shifted to this other one then under this new umbrella, mm. under the new Western church. And they were also, um, you know, sort of propagating these woke ideals, you know, LGBTQ, which were in stark contrast to the Russian church stand about mm. all these things. Mm -hmm. So there was this conflict from their simmering <laughs> underneath because people were leaving this church and joining the other. Right. So when, when the fighting got started, when these special operations, they were targeting the Russians, who were also targeting these churches, some of them, and even killed some priests, which which, which was also came out. And okay. there was this, uh, uh -huh. and I also heard, uh, in, I mean, a voice uh, clip from one nun, from one Kerala nun, okay. who was some Ukrainian convent who was talking about that these he she was saying some bad things about the Russians because mm. she was waiting she was anxious that they were you know put a bomb or you know that they were targeting these churches and she mm. especially mentioned that mm -hmm. and uh, there was an article as well by um, Arvind Kumar some time ago which mm. I also that was the only one which I saw that uh, you know about this particular thing and there was also some reports uh, actually a series of reports in target Saitun. that okay. is um what is the task taz that is the target Saitun is uh, actually it used to be the um the, the main uh, mouthpiece of the leftists hmm. it was very american but now it is all changed hmm. because the whole Media is in the, you know, it is um, the, it is what you call the corporate media. Right. And when you corporate, the whole West is the same. Right. It's in American or German, it doesn't matter, you know, for BlackRock and people like that. They don't have these kind of things, especially right. when Germany is concerned, especially. Mm -hmm. So they, 
the and uh, in this task there was a series about this conflict about this orthodoxy and the west and the east of course it was uh, it, it was a very lopsided articles which i mm. read there because they were saying these russian orthodoxy these eastern orthodox church is very outdated it mm-hmm. had to be modern mm-hmm. what they say modern is these woke sentiments mm-hmm. you know that, mm-hmm. that Yeah, this is this is yeah. a very I'm sorry to interrupt but this is a very interesting angle that has not been uh, commented on by many people because I I wasn't aware for example that they were shooting at each other's at each other's churches and bombing them and, and no, no, so I, I, I think they they you don't hear about this particular churches you don't hear but it used to be there okay okay so that's that's interesting plus uh, you mentioned in passing Arvind Kumar's uh, uh, paper, right? He wrote a detailed article on how there is this. Uh, I think he he mentioned both the Jewish as well as Christian religious issues that, yes. uh, according to him, based on his data, were at the forefront, or sorry, not at the forefront, at least in the background of many uh, conflicts, right? So that's uh, what you're seeing is that some of that's actually working out on the ground here. in this uh, ukraine uh, russia conflict right yeah because most of these warmongers in the biden administration including yeah. biden is a roman catholic and right yeah she's i think he's only the second uh, president who is a catholic after kennedy after john <laughs> kennedy yes that is true yes. plus uh, as now that you mention it a lot of his advisors uh like blinken yes right mm-hmm. and uh, newland yeah, yeah. these are eastern yeah, yeah. european newland is they are all uh, very very orthodox catholics there catholics right and uh, so when you remember the what huntington had spoken about these fault line right, between right. these western church and orthodox it is very very true very very true i mean in practice we now we have the evidence of what is going on because he right. had predicted the future wars will be about these right but of course there are economic angles as well because uh, what i think now i mean seeing from you know one year later that hmm. it is uh, they they just jumped into it because of all these kind of sentiments and uh, they grossly un- underestimated or the russian Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how they will mm-hmm. how the others will act you yeah. know especially relating to the oil and things like that right 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 and they did not they what whoever decided of course we know that they were really foolish they didn't have any foresight about how things would happen now right. if you have a friend like the USA you don't need any enemies i mean it's <laughs> allies are all in tatters but they are there why they don't speak against it mm-hmm. i don't know why they are not doing it possibly because they don't have strong leadership because most of these leaders are you know came up through these they were all co-opted by some power or the other mm-hmm. so they all have some limitations um you know in speaking out freely about what is going on nobody can do that right right no i mean in fact uh, you must have read about how there is supposedly a uh, uh, not only a military industrial complex but a censorship industrial complex in the US which goes back to the corporate media that you were talking about and people like BlackRock and three four other major financial entities 
And the impression mm-hmm. one gets is that this chain of events ends up uh, uh, benefiting them, but it, it's to the detriment of the average person in the U.S. as well. And that uh, you know the current administration has gotten into some kind of a you know it's like a, a, a they're they're basically being. Uh, uh, led like sleepwalkers into some ancient vendettas. And I was really wondering, you know, why do these uh, non-Russian Eastern Europeans hate Russia so much? And your explanation <laughs> about this, uh, uh, you know, very old uh, church angle does make sense because I thought maybe the Russians had been mean to them in the past, you know, the, uh, and, and during the Soviet era or something. I'm, I'm sure they were, but but there is something yes. deeper than that, and that's a, that's a very good insight that you have uh, uh, brought to the picture uh, uh, at this point, George. And I thank you for that. But let me let me just step aside, uh, you know, from that point to another, which is what what is your perception of what's going to happen in the war? Because you know, as you said, it's not a it's certainly not a cakewalk or a walkover for the Ukrainians, and even with the combined uh, might of NATO behind it, it's very slow going. So what do you think uh, is likely to happen uh, in in this context? And what is the outcome that would uh, be reasonably positive for Germany and Europe in general? Yeah, I mean, the worst scenario that the people are hoping that would not happen is these Polish and the Latvians that they don't invade Western Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That is uh, the, I mean, it is not talked about openly, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but the Polish, they are making some sounds about, oh, they're, you know, bravo, bravo, you know, they just want to go in and show because they have the biggest army now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They, they have a a defense situation than any other uh, European country now. So they just want to, and they have some historical um, uh, thing also uh, because they used to have part of this Western Ukraine. Oh, is that right? It was okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And um, so that is uh, why they were talking about it. And uh, that is one reason that, uh, I mean, it is said why this Wagner group has gone to Belarus and uh, they are camping mm-hmm. there because they want to play, a, I mean, so as a deterrent, I think. Mm-hmm. They are in the, the Polish borders now. Mm-hmm. And the, the Polish army has also grouped there. Uh, quite a number of uh, Polish uh, soldiers are there now. Mm-hmm. They are now uh, like in India, Pakistan thing. You know? okay. uh, it's, so that is the danger, the sparking point, which can lead the whole world into war if the yeah. Poles and uh, they were marching to Ukraine. Right. And the Russians have already warned that if this happens, mm. they are going to they are not going to go back. <laughs> they will be buried there. Mm-hmm. That is what they said. Mm. So it is going to be a very gruesome situation if this happens. Um, mm. I hope it doesn't happen and that the sense prevails because uh, if this happens, then you know, and it is it becomes an all-out war. Mm. Who is going to suffer the most are these the European countries who are nearby, like right. Germany and <laughs> France and right. people like that. Right. And everybody suffers. Well, so, it, uh, it, it, it sounds like uh, yet another, you know, world war, which in the past, 
actually was a European war, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Japan, right? So I think it would be very bad. I mean, you're painting possibly the negative outcome, which I, you know, definitely hope does not come about. But uh, do you think the other side, the other possibility of some kind of, uh, you know, uh, a ceasefire and, and, uh, and uh, you know, people uh, going to the negotiating table, do you see that happening? Not at all. Uh, it, it has to come from the Biden administration. You know, okay. the, the Americans are leading this whole thing. They started right. it, they are leading it, and uh, now the Germans, everybody else is looking up to them. Hmm. And that is why they are all confused and they don't know what to do. They are like, you know, zombies. Just, But I think the why they are making this effort to show that they are still going on everything is normal that they were going want to help ukraine hmm. is only to deter the poles from starting another war okay okay because you know, I, that is what i think i guess i could be wrong but uh that, 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 that is okay. yeah well that's because uh, yeah well i'm sorry please go ahead so, um, and not only that, it is said that the Russians have regrouped, they have, they are much more powerful than they ever were since, since they came to be, you know, and uh, now they, they are, the Europeans are no match. Well, Unless, of course, they destroy each other. Right, they right. Cannot, yeah, they, they can really overrun, they can hurt the whole Europe. Right, the Russians right. can really... Damage the whole setup that they will not come back for uh, decades. They will not be able to come back well, economically and otherwise. Yeah, that, that's a that's a terrible outcome, and yes. you know, Russia anyway is suffering from a demographic implosion, and so are many other European countries. Right? They don't just don't have enough young people or babies or anything. So they're all killing all the young men and presumably women in war. That's that's a very bad outcome, but. Um, let's um, let's hope that uh, some sense prevails, and that, yes. uh, you know the poles, as you said, don't start uh, getting into adventures. And that uh, the, see the thing is, it's a mixed situation, right? On the one hand, you see that the Russians are managing militarily, but all of a sudden, I don't know if you noticed this, their uh, uh, currency has dropped quite a bit. Okay, it you know it's uh, it had been doing well for a while. And the sanctions weren't biting, so it's a mixed bag. But um, uh, George, you know, let's uh, leave it there. And I thank you very much for your insights, which are definitely new to me and probably to most of our viewers in regards to a, a, you know, an insider's view from deep inside Europe and the kinds of problems that are facing the whole continent at this time. So once again. Thank you very much for your time and uh, your uh, considered uh, insights. So we'll catch up later soon uh, again, yeah. in, in another uh, podcast. Thank you very much. Once, once again, happy Malayalam New Year. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.